0: It's Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening Colour in partnership with Mish Reya, It's business, but it's personal.
1: My bills are all due and the baby needs shoes and I'm busted. Cotton down to a quarter of a pound,
2: That was Ray Charles with Busted, a lovely way to start the programme this morning. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers, I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining. Jazz Shapers is where you get to hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them we bring people who are shaping the world of business, we call them business shapers. I'm very pleased to say I've got a double act today. Uh, they are the co-founders of the Octopus Group. And the Octopus Group is a business which seeks to transform industries which are ripe for change. And they do that in a number of ways. They started in investments of financial services and they've, they've spawned all sorts of other places, including the energy world. You're going to be hearing lots from those co-founders. That's Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett. In addition to hearing from Simon and Chris, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And then we've got the music, and we've got a great mix today. Candace Springs is in there, Dizzy Gillespie is too, and so is this from the OJs. was the OJs with Backstabbers um, I'm not sure if that's apt or not let's hope it's not because I've got partners in here, two business shapers here, Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett and they are the co-founders of the Octopus Group and rather than me try badly to explain the range of what the Octopus Group has got up to over many years I'm going to turn to Chris initially and say firstly hello gentlemen, thank you both for joining me. Good to see you. We're both cosy we're all cosy in here, it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice warm studio um, Chris in your own words, tell me about what it is that you do and what you've been doing for almost 20 years now.
1: Sure, well Simon and I first met uh, 20 years ago when we were graduate trainees at Mercury Asset Management Uh, and after a couple of years really we decided there was an opportunity to try and build our own fund management company. We set up uh, in my lounge we had one laptop uh, we had one phone line Uh, had a copy of the Yellow Pages, certainly didn't have any fancy business plan. Uh, But we did have a vision and a dream to try and play our part in changing financial services, and that's what we've spent uh, the past 17 or 18 years doing. Uh, More lately, though, we have expanded into healthcare and energy, which are both sectors we also think are right for change. There are areas where customers tend to get a bad deal we think there's all sorts of opportunities to build a
2: business over the years focused on those areas. Simon it strikes me I mean you're you're now in lots of different areas and you um, according to your website which must be accurate because I'm sure you've checked it recently that you have seven billion pounds worth of uh, assets under management as it were And lots of people that work for you. How many today, roughly? Uh, About 750. 750. That sounds quite a lot of people to me. Um, When you sat there and you liked each other from your Mercury days and you decided to go into business together, how ambitious were you, honestly, with that one laptop and you looking at each other? Where did you think it might go? Uh, so I think when you first when people say why did you leave
3: uh, Mercury I think in all honesty we, at the time we were 23 and 25 I think the really honest answer is naivety we didn't know any better uh, and then I think when you first set a business up it's often about is it, you don't necessarily have the grand vision at the start often a business right at the very start is about survival so for us it's you're 23, 25 you don't have any money uh, as Chris said we use the yellow pages to cold call people it took nine months to raise the money we needed to capitalise the company uh, that's very hard work from nine o'clock in the morning morning till six o'clock in the evening uh, every day cold calling people but we raise the money and then it was about getting regulated then it's about getting our first customer on board in our case that was a guy called Mr Gower um, and then it's that you set little milestones and it's only I think probably in the last five or six years when the business is of a scale where we can sit back and say actually what would we like to achieve with the Octopus Group and fundamentally we'd like to build a business that we're proud to talk to our grandchildren about mm. and about the impact we're having and the difference we can make but that's come in the last five or six years I'm not quite sure I believe entrepreneurs when they say right at the very beginning of the journey I had this great big vision and it's all panned out beautifully mm-hmm. doesn't normally work like that.
1: Well what we had back then really could be written on one sheet of paper it was it was an aim and ambition to do something but we were really light on the details and raising the money to start a business back then was phenomenally difficult took us pretty much a whole year to raise a couple of million pounds to capitalise the business to give us money to start to pay rent. We spent the first few months uh, working out of a corner of a friend's office before we got to the point where we could take a little bit of space ourselves. Nowadays, it's much more of a vibrant ecosystem for smaller companies. It's totally changed over the past decade or so. And I think that makes it a a much, uh, much more productive environment for entrepreneurs now. Uh, But back then, it was uh, was a really challenging time. Uh, But once we got going, bit by bit. You see the way in which the business can expand. You try things. We've learned so much over the years. I think we naively thought we had the kind of skills to to set up and run a business, but you learn every day. We're still learning today. I think that's one of the things I find most exciting uh, is the way in which that that, uh, learning
2: from trial and error, testing things, that never stops in a business. Stay with me for much more from my business shaper stay, the double act that is Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett. Uh, time for some more music right now, though. It's Candace Springs, we thought it would be easier.
1: Oh, starter would be easy. that
2: was Cande Springs, we thought it would be easier. Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett are my business shapers here today and they are the co-founders of the Octopus Group and it's been doing some pretty extraordinary things in what was I think quite a conservative business to me anyway, looking back even the last twenty years and people did things a certain way. Chris on that point you said you know we we went we wanted to do things differently what made you want to be an entrepreneur I mean you know you both came you're on a graduate trainee program with a really respectable fund management business there aren't many people that jump out of that and do what you did so casting your mind back almost 20 years what made you think it would be all right It was actually something that started earlier in life so I'd always had this
1: burning ambition to set up a company but When I was a teenager, when I was at university, never really had any ideas. I studied natural science at uni, but didn't really have any desire to do a career that directly utilised that. I always thought fund management would be a good place to start. And Mercury was a great place to get a grounding and understanding about businesses. Uh, But I think what we realised after a couple of years was there was an opportunity to start a business uh, in that sector ourselves. So it certainly wasn't something when I was 15, 18 that mm-hmm. I thought I would be running a fund management company later in life. Uh, but I'd always had the drive and uh, interest in what makes businesses tick. I think it's something I got from my grandfather actually talking to him when I was about 10 years old about his his business activities and hearing how he thought about his customers and the areas he was in. Uh, and that stuck with me as, as I grew up.
2: I mean, it's highly analytical, Simon, what you do. It has to be on one level, and I'm sure on the other level is, is gut and just kind of bravado and the, you know, the sense of, well, we're just going to invest. At some point, we have to stop analysing and go... You, I imagine you are, like Chris, an analytical kind of person, because that's the industry that you went into. How did you juxtapose that with this slightly gung-ho thing called setting up a business? How did you manage that in your own head?
3: Uh, so uh, Absolutely, I'm not quite as analytical as Chris, but I'm pretty analytical. Um, but, I mean, the starting point for us is, when you think about most people, and you ask most people, what do you care about in life? Uh, most normal people will answer the same things. They'll say family, they'll say friendship, they'll say uh, their health, and they'll probably say security, because they're too polite to say the word money, but that, that impacts your life. It changes the age you're going to retire at, changes the school you can send your children to and then you think about, take a step backward and say, what is the experience, the interaction you have with financial services companies? It tends to be dreadful. So the experience is almost universally bad, mm. from the products being too complicated to uh, the normal man or woman on the street not understanding them, full of jargon. The service they deliver to customers is dreadful. So you don't have to be that analytical to understand that is a reality. It was a reality 18 years ago when we set the business up. It's still a reality today. Uh, the, I think the industry and customers are crying out for change, and it's going to happen. Uh, it probably won't happen in financial services quite as quickly as it's happening in energy. But I think in energy, the Customers have had enough. They've had enough of the practices of the big six. They
2: want change. They're demanding change. It is happening. Mm. Customers and, are. Can, and I and I buy all that. But why yeah. you? Because I think you know. We we all would have. I would have that thesis as well. Yeah. I would say, do you know what? This just can't be right. And I chose a bank in the early 90s which didn't bank like anybody else because that suited me and it was already. I'm going why it shouldn't be like this This it's terrible but why did you think that you could do it Simon Uh, again I go back to it's naivety and
3: it's also uh, confidence and it might be misplaced confidence when you're 24 25 but I think you know the best thing you can give your children when you're bringing them up and I try and bring up with my children is to give them confidence belief that you can do something about it and I don't think there's ever a substitute for hard work if you work really really hard and you care about something and and you're passionate about about it, it doesn't feel like a job. Uh, it feels like a calling and you want to do something about it. And it shouldn't be okay that millions of people are frustrated with their bank or millions of people are being ripped off for their energy supply. So actually being able to do something about it makes me feel good. Um, and making that change happen
1: is fun. Um, we've also found over the years, pe- people have always told us, every time we've done something new, right back when we set the business up, they said, that's never going to work, that's a crazy idea. I think we've learned it's, it's to trust our instincts. If both of us agree on something, we're talking about a, a business opportunity or should we take the business in a particular direction. When well, we've both thought, yeah, absolutely, that is something which Octopus can do and we've trusted our instincts and gone for it, that usually has worked really well. So we've learned to do that and we've learned that actually if you're determined enough, you've got the right vision, you've got the hard work, you think about the customer first, then there's no limit to what people can achieve. And it's certainly the advice we always give when people come and ask us what should an entrepreneur do. It's always... Back your instincts and trust yourself
2: sounds so simple when you say it <laughs> in practice i think people find it a little harder than that but you two evidently aren't stay with me for more from my business shapers today that's simon Rogerson and chris Hewlett. they're the founders of octopus and they've been talking lots about such simple things that it makes me think everyone should be able to do it but evidently they can't confidence and trusting instincts that's coming up in a couple of minutes and before that we got some words of advice from our program partners at Mish Gondoret for your burgeoning business
0: I'm Emma Walcott, I'm an Associate in the Reputation Protection Team at Mishkondarea, part of the private uh, department. (music) Businesses of all sizes need to be very careful about how they and their employees engage on social media. We advise all businesses to have a robust social media policy so that staff are aware what they can and cannot say on social media, either for business use or in their own time. Staff need to be well aware that what they say on social media um, even on the weekends and in their own name, can have a very um, severe adverse impact on the business's brand, and that may have um, ramifications for their employment. Jazz shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Condorrea. It's business, but it's personal.
2: You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I talk to people who are shaping the world of business. We call them business shapers. I've met some extraordinary people over the last six or so years. You can find some of them in iTunes. Put in the words jazz and shapers. British Airways High Life is another destination, as is ft.com. And don't forget citym.com as well. Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett are my business shapers today. They're the founders of Octopus, the Octopus Group now. um, And they aren't just in the the investment world. They're in the disruption business, I think. That's what we're going to say from now on in. Chris, the business started with the two of you. And it started relatively tightly, and and Simon's alluded to it, you've got bigger and bigger. And and, and when I was preparing for this programme, given my dossier on the octopus, gentleman, and you're in healthcare, you're in investments, you're in the the, the labs piece, which is, uh, I I think it's the um, the technology-based businesses in in finance, you're in property, you've got the ventures business, which many, many people have heard about, um, if you're in that ecosystem. Lots of places. Is that just simply because there's lots of stuff to fix?
1: Well, I think it's partially because of opportunity, but we've been really clear over the years we don't want to be in 20 different areas and scratch the surface and do them in a really poor way. We want to have a really deep presence in the sectors that we're active in. And within the farm management business, we've got these four or five areas where we are uh, a leader in, in what we do. So we are, uh, for example, the, the biggest player in UK large-scale solar farms. Now, that's an area that seven years ago didn't really exist, uh, but over the last, couple of, uh, last five, six years, we've deployed about £2 billion into that area. So, I think one of the things we've identified over the years is once we've found an area that has the potential to be scaled up to some really significant kind of level... We've done a good job of, of really growing the business into that and we've, we've now uh, achieved that across these four or five key areas uh, that you just mentioned, all mm-hmm. areas where I think there's a real unmet need. These are the kind of sectors that are building the infrastructure that the country needs, whether it's to help with decarbonisation through uh, developing renewable energy plants uh, or it's the healthcare property that we need uh, as the country ages. 17% of people alive in the UK going to live to be 100? Does the country have the GP surgeries, the care homes, retirement villages to cater to that? it doesn't at the moment. It's a long-term opportunity to build the infrastructure
2: that will cater to those kind of needs. And Simon, in terms of building a business that can then support these areas, these 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 trend-driven areas, as you said, you look forward and you say, well, this, as Chris mentioned, this isn't going to be there. What are we going to do about that? Does it make you nervous that then you're having to essentially make your organisation more muscular? Because for each one of these areas, you need people. And you've got a 1,000 people or so now, as you said. Where does that ability to manage come from? Because I imagine when you're 23, 24, you didn't have to do any of that stuff
3: Uh, you learn through bitter experience actually so advice to entrepreneurs uh, never ever hire somebody who doesn't share your values Uh, we made that mistake right in the early days of Octopus and we'll never make it again it's so important uh, when you're looking for leadership that people do share those values the fact that we're now a group of companies so you have seven different companies sitting underneath in these different sectors it's about the leadership of all of those businesses we need to have the same employer brand we need to have the same values but then largely the group needs to get out of the way of the individual business and the chief executives of those businesses and allow them to get on and run it. Um, So you have to give them the autonomy, you have to empower them and then uh, support them where you need to. Uh, But they need the same values, they need the same culture, they need to think about the customer in exactly the same way. If you're a customer of our energy business, you should feel like you're dealing with the same company and the
2: same personality as dealing with our investments business. Stay with me for more from My Business Shapers, Simon Rogerson and Chris Hewlett. Time for some more music. Dizzy Gillespie, I know Simon's a big fan of the trumpet, he's going to enjoy this. This is Bang Bang. That was Dizzy Gillespie with his trumpet, Simon. Simon doesn't really like the trumpet, uh, and that was Bang Bang. Simon and Chris, um, we've been talking about this, the growth of your business, talking about these areas, and they sound pretty strategic to me, and a little bit of opportunism, Chris, which you, you mentioned as well. Um, how would these, all these different people talk about you two? What would they say about Simon and Chris, the double act that runs the business? What would they say in terms of your, your personalities, your characteristics? What kind of leaders are you?
1: I hope they say that we bring a passion and enthusiasm and determination uh, to build Octopus for the very long term. You know, we've been doing this 18 years now, but we're in some ways just getting started. We've got no desire to float the business or sell the business. So we are partway through a journey. I hope everyone who works at Octopus gets that we've got this big vision. There's a lot to be done. There's a massive opportunity. And if we can all go in the same direction as a group of people, we can share the same values, the same culture within the business, that relentless focus on the customer then if we can be the leaders that help to maintain that kind of environment, then together we can achieve great things uh, over the coming years. And Simon, what are they going to say about you?
3: Uh, I ha- So I have a test that I apply to people when I'm interviewing them, and hopefully you could apply that to me as well. And I think the test is, uh, it's a, a mathematical equation. And on top of it, you've got how good you think you are, and then divided by how good you really are. And I think that that equation, it's ever more than one, you are unemployable. And I think some of the industries we operate in, particularly financial services, that number is often considerably more than one. And that's not a nice characteristic, I don't think. So I think they'd say we're quite un- open. I think they'd say we're quite humble. Um, and I I'd say we're quite driven. So we're never going to work anywhere else. We want to build this business for the very long term. We don't want to sell it. We don't want to float it um, because the opportunity is so
1: big and we enjoy what we do. Uh, Sorry, Chris. I was going to say, we learn all the time. There's so much going on. I think that the key over the years has been uh, to learn how to to let go of things so when the business is really small you're involved in absolutely everything mm-hmm. everyone kind of mucks in with whatever project whatever new product launch and as the business has got bigger and you have people with specialist skills over the years our roles have had to change the things that we spend our time on has changed uh, and I think that's, that's not always an easy thing to do uh, to kind of
2: migrate uh, how we
1: spend our time
2: in terms of your own partnership, because that dynamic's very, very important. It strikes me you like each other still. Your body language is good. You still smile. You still look at each other in the eye. That's also good. But in, in, on a serious point, you spend a lot of time together. I don't know if you socialize as well outside of, outside of business. But is it still healthy? Would you still absolutely advocate having a partner rather than doing it solo?
3: Uh, so I, I think there's a weird dynamic uh, that people—it's really difficult to get across. People, we've been working together for 18 years, and we haven't had an argument once. Uh, and now that's just weird. It is weird. Isn't no, it? I agree. <laughs> uh, but I think there's—we uh, uh, we both know what each other is really good at, and we mm-hmm. both respect each other's views. And as Chris said, when we are both agreed on something, we both come in from different angles. Then it's almost always turned out to be the right decision. Um, and as the group gets larger, we have different roles within the business, but uh, they we've worked out what those are and i think we are confident in the other's ability and i think we'll be we'll have a relationship which hopefully will be stronger
1: uh, even stronger in another 18 20 years
2: what's really funny now is chris will completely disagree with you
1: <laughs> chris what do you oh, think well. <laughs> no, I, I agree but i think running a business if you're trying to do it by yourself must be a really really lonely thing mm. it's a phenomenally difficult challenging thing to do and talking to uh, friends of mine who've tried to do that by themselves They found that lacking that person you can totally trust to say anything at all to uh, makes it really difficult. Whereas Sam and I over the years have always had that ability to debate any kind of issue, thing going on in the business, an opportunity, and to do so in a a different kind of way compared to if you're talking to to someone who works for you where the dynamic is different. And so I think, again, to people trying to set up a business, if you can do it with a a like-minded person who shares your values and your commitment – and who you think is going to bring something additive, then I think that really helps
2: businesses succeed. Stay with me for my final chat with Simon and Chris, friends and um, people that can trust each other. And that's what it sounds like. Uh, and you'll be hearing a little bit more from them in my final chat. Plus, you'll be hearing their favourite tunes, the choices they've made today. Chris's is coming up first, and it's going to be Everybody Loves the Sunshine from Takuya Kuroda.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal.
2: that was everybody loves the sunshine from takuya kuroda the song choice of chris today we're going to be hearing uh, simon's uh, just before the end of the program um in terms of your own future you both said legacy a few times you both said long-term perspective it reminds me of the vanguard business the the, the yep. mutual fund which just kind of says we're going to be here forever and therefore our positions are always long and it's sort of the way that you know we all want cities to be planned you don't think about tomorrow you think about 30 years and, yep. the, and so on and so forth does that mean you're in it forever, both of you? This is it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, when we when we talk about the vision
3: for Octopus, we talk about Octopus in every home, uh, and I think that has two elements. So we're in about two hundred and sixty thousand homes today. There are twenty six million homes in the UK, so that's a big, ambitious target to go for. And
2: just how are you in those homes? Just explain. For, for so we're in, homes, uh, we're in those homes.
3: We're in one hundred and fifty thousand of those homes as an energy supplier. Uh, supplying gas and electricity to those homes and we're in the other 100 or so thousand as an investment company where we manage money on behalf of those individuals but for us there are two elements to Octopus in every home, one is the numerical target which we can track and judge our progress against and the other is what it feels like to be in someone's home, so when you ask a person to describe themselves, normally they describe themselves in relation to their family, they put up this big metaphorical wall around their family and they protect, very rarely they let new people inside that circle, Mm. very very occasionally they let brands inside that circle where they feel so positively about a company, not just what it does, but how it does it, that they recommend it to the people they're closest to. It would make me really proud if Octopus became one of those brands.
2: Mm. It strikes me also that having this long-term view of the world is kind of reassuring, Chris. As much as change happens every day and you'll have opportunities and challenges, knowing you're in it for the long haul means you can just stop worrying about other stuff.
1: Yeah, well, it it means you take decisions with that long-term perspective. We're in these sectors where there's this generational transition happening, Financial services is, is is partway through that. But energy and healthcare, really early days and things like decarbonisation and preparing the country for, for the demographic time bomb that's coming along. Um, but to me, we've, we've been lucky in that most entrepreneurs build a company, they sell it, they take six months off, they start another one. Whereas we've been able to follow all of our entrepreneurial... Um, instincts within the one group yeah, There's more cycles, you just keep going That's We've, we've yeah. added over the years these healthcare and energy components to a business that started out in, in financial services and so we've got this platform now where we have the presence that we can keep on building for many many years to come I don't think either of us have any aspiration to take the foot off the gas. I get up earlier than I've ever done because I enjoy it so much and because it's a new challenge every single day. And that is, I I think it's kind of what any entrepreneur would want to be able to say about their business, that they love what they do uh, and they really believe uh, in in where it's going.
2: Listen, it's been a real privilege to talk to you both because you're you're both you both love what you do and you're doing really good things, which is a it's a nice story. It's a good story here for two people that are in front of me, Simon and Chris, and we Hugh Latt, I can say it as many times as I <laughs> now I've mastered your surname. <laughs> um just before I let you go, we've got one more song choice. You've got two today for the price one. One more Simon, what is yours and why have you chosen it?
3: Uh, Mine is Mr Magic by Grover Washington Jr and I have to confess I slightly cheated uh, in choosing it so I set my three children the task and said you've got to come agreement I'm coming onto this programme which song do you think I should choose and so actually it's their choice
2: How honest, well let's hope it's good here it is just for them and you Thank you That was the song choice of one of my business shapers today, Simon Rogerson. One half of the Simon Rogerson-Chris Hulatt partnership, the founders of Octopus. And it was Mr. Magic by Grover Washington Jr. Apologies to the children who chose it. that We had to cut it off, but it's a long version. A few great things that came out of today. Confidence to start your own business. Believe in yourself. Trust your instincts. And a great thing about Simon and Chris, for Octopus specifically, the long-term perspective. Nothing is made for the short term. Really brilliant stuff. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for listening. Stay with us here on Jazz FM because coming up next, there's going to be more great jazz, blues and soul.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.